Ciao, Bella. I am Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit. Tune into the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and click the bell to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. I offer listeners cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, psychic, intuitive, or card readings, or learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading. Learn more at nevertoolate.biz. May good fortune and magic come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. In this episode of the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Roxanne Chapu. She is the founder and chief executive officer of Roxanne Chapu Limited, celestial guide plus generational earth shaman, quantum healer, inspirational speaker, show host of Soul to Soul with Roxanne, and life plus love mentor. So there's so much to talk about there. I'm really excited. Let's just say hello, Roxanne. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me, Ronnie. I'm so honored to be here today. First and foremost, tell me about being a celestial guide. What is that about? If you want to kind of reference the celestial guides are kind of like spiritual guides in a sense. The thing is what we do is we really help people find their soul's mission on earth. So that's kind of the guide and we help develop their gifts and their abilities as they kind of transition through to finding and to kind of being in alignment with their soul's mission. So a celestial guide helps them heal all aspects of their being, which we have the emotional, we have the physical, we have our mental, we have our spiritual, our energetic. So that's what a celestial guide does. What's the earth shaman part then? So a celestial shaman just means that I've been a healer in countless lifetimes, depending on your belief system. That's my belief system. That's what resonates true with me. That's kind of the lineage that I come from and that I kind of tap into that wisdom when I'm healing others, when I'm guiding others to heal. And then the generational earth shaman is that I come from generations of shamans in our indigenous culture here in Canada. So I am of native descent in mixture with some French. So I am a culture here called Métis. And we come, I come from a lineage of generational shamans here. All right. That's so cool. Did you learn from your mother or your father or your grandmother? Or how did that work? Actually, very quite interesting. Our roots, our ancestry was never really spoken of in our family, just for the precipice of everything that has happened within the history of Canada with the residential schools and just the way that the native population was treated by, you know, those that had come to the land. So a lot of people that were Indigenous that didn't look Indigenous never really wanted to claim that they were Indigenous out of fear or out of stigmatization or just of being treated differently. So our like our ancestry really wasn't spoken of in our family, in our household, even in like with my grandmother or my grandfather. And we 
always knew that I was Métis, that I was a mixed culture. And I always had this fascination with my traditions, with medicines, with ceremonies, powwows. I always felt gravitated and drawn towards learning more and understanding how to facilitate them. And I just remember it was just kind of like secret within me because I didn't really want to share with my family. Like my mom, I would share, but my mamere, which we call a grandmother here in Canada, it was just something that we just didn't speak of. So I kind of did it a little bit <laughs> in a hidden facet. And then it's funny because I had a dream for almost four months straight of this beautiful Indigenous woman who came to me in my dream. And the feeling that I had with like, with her was that she was of like my grandmother of my great grandmother and there was just so much love and warmth and she was standing in front of this ravina and she had teepees beside her and she was chanting me this incredible melancholy song and all I felt was like inner peace warmth and love when she was singing it to me and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd start chanting it around the house and my partner was like wow like that's a really beautiful song I'm like this is what she sings to me every night she's been coming into my dreams so eventually I had taken the dream because usually we don't share the guidance that we receive within our dream state with others. But I was like, what is she trying to tell me? Because I do dream interpretations. I, I saw that she was trying to show me the land, but I didn't understand what she needed me to do. So I brought this to an elder in my community and here elders in the indigenous culture are those that carry the wisdom of our ancestry. They carry the wisdom of the land, of the elements, of the medicines. I went to him and I like I sought guidance and I was telling him of my dream. And he's like, she's calling you to the land. She's calling you to the land to come and heal. And I'm like, come and heal. Like, where am I going? What am I doing? And I was singing him, I was chanting him the song that she was chanting to me. And he said, oh my goodness. He said, that song hasn't been heard in healing circles for over a hundred years. He's like, my grandfather and my great-grandfather used to sing it to me, but never in form of healing circle. And he's like, it's almost like she tweaked it a little bit and made it like a rendition for you because it's not the exact melody. And I was trying to Shazam this song. I thought maybe subconsciously I had picked this up. I was trying to figure out where did this song come from? So when he had that explanation, I just had goosebumps all over my body. And I'm like, okay, where am I going? Where do I need to go and heal? He's like, it will come to you in vision state. And I met with this incredible spiritual guide shortly after. And I was telling her my dream as well. And she's like, yes, she's calling you to the land to come and heal. You're meant to be a shaman. You're meant to heal others. And I was like, okay, like, where am I going? Where do I start? Like, how do I have this knowledge? Like, how do I tap into this? Where do I learn? And she's like, it will come to you. And it's funny because the last night that I had this dream of her coming to me, I woke up in the morning and I told my partner, I said, listen, I said, I, I, I need to go to the land to heal. Like, I can't explain why, but I know I need to go here and I need to go and heal. And he was like, okay. Like, he's like, oh, you're going in the forest by yourself, pouring rain outside with bears and wolves in the forest and with no protection. I was like, well, I'll bring something for your sanity, but I, I feel safe. So I started to embark on this journey. And as soon as I got in my vehicle, it was like this flood of emotions came over me. Like I was felt like I was numb and desensitized from everything that had transpired throughout my life, from everything that I had kind of went through throughout my lifetime. Like I've had, you know, very unhealthy marriages, like a marriage, a very unhealthy relationships, four near-death experiences. Like there was a lot of traumatic events that had happened in my life within a very short span of time. 
I got into my vehicle and I just, it was, it was like a release. And it was like, I was just crying and crying and crying. I was reconnecting to myself. Like I can reconnecting to my emotions. I was reconnecting to like, just like my senses and everything. It was so incredible. And I was listening to the song that I've been listening to since I was a little girl. It's an indigenous song, a healing song. And I was chanting that other song, you know, in between. And I just kept crying and crying. And it was a two and a half hour drive to this forest. And these are known ancient healing grounds, like the elements, everything there is like, they're very, very ancient grounds. I get to the land that it was pouring rain. I walk through the forest. It's about like a 15 to 20 minute trek inside the forest. And I come across this rock and I knew right then I'm like, I am going to be healing on this rock. I set myself up on the rock and I did a smudging ceremony. And for those that, you know, the listeners that don't know what a smudging ceremony is, is that in traditional format, indigenous culture and throughout cultures throughout the world, we burn sage, we burn leader, we burn natural tobacco, Paul Santo. And it's a way that we cleanse our energy, we clear our energy so that we can purify ourselves. And I'm doing this smudging ceremony on the rock. And, you know, it just came to me about a few months ago, I was like, wow, like I always kept saying that the other elements were there. There was water because I was near water. The earth was there, the wind, the trees, everything was there, but fire, but really the fire was there because one, the sun, like there was no sun, but the smudging ceremony was the fire. So yeah, all, all the elements were there. And all of a sudden a deer, a bunny, a chipmunk, a hummingbird, come out of the forest and hummingbirds don't usually fly in the pouring rain. Like they'll come out when it's drizzling, but she was like flying from tree to tree. And the little chipmunk was like on me beside the rock. Like I I had no food for him. It was just so incredible. And I was looking at this cliffside and it was like, I was reconnecting to my ancestry. I was reconnecting to my lineage. It's like all this wisdom just started channeling through me. And it was like, I was reconnected to who I was. And I sat on that rock for over four, about four hours. And I just cried the entire time. And as I was wrapping up my smudging ceremony, it didn't dawn on me, but there was no enclosure over the rock. There was trees like surrounding the rock. Not one single drop of rain hit me the entire time that I was there. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And like, even when I went into the forest, when I came out, like I did not get rained on. Like, I don't even, I can't even explain it. Like there, I was not soaked. And when I came back, my partner was like, oh my God, like you're, you're not even soaked through that healing journey and that healing ceremony. I knew I was like, if I can do this for one other person, I know that I have completed my soul's mission. This is my purpose. If I can heal myself this way. And I just had this deep, really like this profound sense of inner peace, this unwavering inner peace. I knew exactly who I was. I knew exactly what I needed to do. And it was just such an incredible feeling. And it was like, if I can exact that exact feeling in someone else, then I know that I've carried out my life's work. So then I was like, okay, like I need to put my theory to the test. Let's see if this works. And, you know, I asked family and friends to kind of be my guinea pigs. <laughs> they volunteered and everyone that I did this healing ceremony on and that I walked them through, their life was never the same after. Well, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Their <laughs> life was never the same after that. That's saying quite a bit. When they get to that point and they experience that healing, 
new possibilities come into play. Absolutely. And I think that realizing that we are, you know, as society, a lot of us are very disconnected from our emotions. We're very disconnected from our soul. We are not listening to our guiding voice. We're not listening to our intuitive and our instinctual senses. We're really negating on those senses. So I think when we align that and we align all four of our bodies, and that's what shamans do is healing all four layers of the body and aligning them. When we align that, there's a, there's an unwavering sense of inner peace and of knowing this, understanding that obviously our journey is never done, right? Like we're always going to be embarking on our own self and soul mastery journey. Yes. However, that, that component in order to release us and allow us to elevate and to reach our highest self, that's the block. That's the disruption. That's the imprint that needs to be removed in order for us to do that. I see. Tell me about the love piece of this. Before I really started to embark on like the shamanism and to really get into the healing modalities, I had already embarked on life coaching. And ever since I was a little girl, I had this profound knowingness that I was being called to serve and serving humanity. I just knew that I was going to be serving at a greater level. Like I was going to be serving a lot of people. And I just couldn't fully understand what that feeling was when I was little, but it was like this burning sensation feeling of like fire inside of me that I knew that I was being called. And I would remember, I would always ask others, like, you know, do you have this feeling inside of you? Like that you're being called and they're like, no, like, I know I'm going to be a lawyer and a doctor. I'm like, oh, that's, that's incredible. But that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm speaking of. Like, it's like this burning desire, like that you almost, you can't like, you can't ignore it. They're like, no, like, I, I don't know what that is. Even as a little girl, people would come to me for wisdom, like a five, six-year-old girl, like adults would come to me, share their entire life with me just to be in my energy and my presence, like ask for guidance, ask for wisdom. Like they all, it was so really, really bizarre, like thinking back on it. And my mom always saying like, oh, like you should be a psychologist. You should be a counselor. You know, that just never spoke true to me. That just never felt in alignment. I didn't forget the feeling because the feeling was always there, but I almost pushed it to the back because I thought maybe I was just different or I was feeling different things. And maybe, you know, I, I couldn't fully understand what it was. I couldn't resonate with anyone else. Nobody was able to guide me in, in that area. So I just remember kind of pushing at the back, but I've been serving others my entire life. And I was working at this cancer center for almost 13 years. And a lot of my population was palliative. And I had this wonderful pediatric population, which was obviously heartbreaking. And I just remember their parents always like referencing me as like their angel and like coming to me for guidance. And I wasn't the psychologist or the neuropsychologist or the social worker of the program. And they would just share their whole life with me and just like feel at peace with me. So like, it was always something that I've done. So I always felt like I've always done that coaching element. So it just felt very natural once I kind of had my own awakening periods to kind of go into that line of work. And that's where the life and love coaching came in. For me, at first, it started off with finding someone's purpose, because that is what stays true to my soul. That is my soul's mission is to heal love and awaken others to guide them to those things. It just felt very natural to kind of be in the coaching element, to be a mentor and to really understand what enlightened love is for ourselves and for others and having that unconditional love for ourselves and others, understanding that we are divinity, we are divine beings and that we are all one, we are all interconnected and love is the greatest power that we have. That to me was a very important part of the coaching element for me. 
It's so interesting. You know, yesterday I was working with a client and I took this program about soul realignment. One of the things in there was identifying what planet you're from. So I was working with this woman and I knew that she was a starseed for sure, although we could all be starseeds. And so I got that she was a Alpha Centauri. I said, you know, you're much more intellectual. You're not connecting with your emotions or whatever. And so when I went to read about Alpha Centauri, it said that they're intellectual and they don't really deal with emotions or indulge in emotions. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. And then what it said, which is why I'm bringing this up, is that, oh, wait, I looked at also another planet called Hadar. And it said Hadar was a planet with unconditional love and that Earth is not a planet of unconditional love. So that is why I'm bringing this up. And so I found that so interesting. And I think that's really true. There's a lot of conditional love, which I understand as a human, I'm one too, right? So there's a lot of conditional love here where if you love me and I'll love you and you support me and I'll support you. But that's not unconditional love, which is just to be open and to love. That's right. And I think that when we raise our frequency, no matter what planetary system we come from, is that we came here to serve humanity and we came to have that experience of unconditional love, of gratitude, of thankfulness, of just that inner peace, understanding that every world dynamic, every, you know, being dynamic, we have polarity, we have that dark and we have that light and that's okay, but it's being able to accept both, right? And to be able to love both aspects. And it's really to understand that unconditional love is just like what you said, we have been conditioned to have conditional love you do this and I'll love you. You do this and I won't love you, right? And we have all these conditions based on love, but the truest nature of who we are when we came into this world as infants and as babies, we were trusting and we were loving because we didn't understand anything else and we weren't conditioned. Right. We didn't have that conformity. So no, I don't believe in that. Right. When you're not incarnate, unconditional love is probably much more the state of being. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I can see how much good you could do in a cancer treatment center to be sharing that level of love with people, which they don't get to experience very much. No one gets to experience, but sharing that amount of love could be enormously healing. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Right. And when we love unconditionally and we love others and we understand and we're able to not cast judgment and not hold on to hatred, resentment, and all these yucky feelings that really don't ever feel good within us. Those are the feelings that cause those illness and those imprints and those disruptions within our, within our emotional body, our physical body, and our mental body. When we're able to release that and to see beings for who they are, understanding that none of us are intended to be perfect. We are not intended to be on this planetary system to have perfection. We are intended to have that individuality and to have our own inept gifts and abilities, our own strengths and our own weaknesses. And it's being able to accept all of it. When does anyone feel good in a state of hate? No one. It's draining. It's exhausting. Nobody loves that feeling. Do they embellish in it because of, it, of comfort? And that's what they know. And those are the feelings that they know. Yes, but that's not the essence of who they are. And that's not the essence of what they want. And yet, I have to say, it's so interesting. You know, when I think about the news and I think about, I can only really talk about the state of the U.S., that's where I live. There is so much polarity. There isn't a lot of embracing of each other, understanding of each other. 
And I think there is a tremendous amount of misunderstanding and leading to hatred mm-hmm. of the other side. And mm-hmm. that is so disturbing to me because when you have that kind of polarity, it's very hard to understand how you can ever bring the two sides together again. Right. Any thoughts on, I, I don't know if you experience any of this kind of polarity in, in Canada. I'm not familiar with that, but have you encountered that? And did you, and have you come up with anything or talked about this in terms of yeah. healing that kind of polarity? Yeah, I think that all the world is seeing a paradigm shift within the polarity. I think it's always been there. I think it's just really coming to the surface now more than ever. It's more prevalent today than it has been because we have social media, we have, you know, people that are reporting on the news and we have other, you know, sources. And I think that it's important to understand that there's always going to be the dark and the light that is the yin and the yang that is, you know, divine feminine, divine masculine, and we're supposed to have good and bad. And to understand that we need both in order to truly relish in, in the good and to happiness and all those things. But understanding that the dynamic of what's happening and transpiring throughout the world and the divisiveness that it's creating, we can either add to the negative energy that is going throughout the world and we can add to the divisiveness, we can add to the hatred, or we can turn to the light and we can turn to love and we can turn to inner peace. Mm. And it doesn't mean that there'll ever be peace throughout the world. There's always going to be polarity, but understanding that the duality of our feelings that we would prefer to see the world in love, light, and inner peace. And those that are causing the divisiveness, there is the law of cause and effect. Whatever we do put out into the universe, our energetic vibration, our energetic frequency does return to us. So it's to understand that and to look at everybody with compassion and with love, no matter their belief system, no matter you know what they do for an occupation, is to look at them for the divine creatures that they are, not just the physical capacity, the vessel, the trauma that is presenting itself. Yeah, the world, the world is acting like it has been traumatized because it has been traumatized. We're having outbursts. We're having all these hateful things happen. That is, you know, the reaction and the symptom of being traumatized. For example, one of my closest friends called me yesterday to tell me this awful story about how her sisters and this whole group of friends that all grew up together and they were all saying nasty things to about her and to her on a group chat, which doesn't even make any sense to me, but we'll put that aside. She was saying how hurtful it was. And we looked into it from an energetic standpoint. What we saw was that they are seeking power Mm -hmm. and they don't seem to know that there's other ways to seek power, but by ganging up on somebody, but they were definitely gathering power by attacking her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we were just like, so sad that that's how they chose to like lower their vibration to seek power by attacking somebody rather than lifting their vibration to get power in that more universal, natural way. Yeah. And I think that when we think of our energetic receptors, we think of what we absorb through our receptive energy, right? We think about just like a toxic situation like that, social media, news, anything of that nature that really makes us feel not so great about ourselves or feel like we're useless or that we're helpless or that we have no power. 
those things are not good for our energetic receptors and understanding that that does lower our vibration and our frequency. So if we're looking to elevate and we're looking to create our emotional, our physical, our spiritual and our mental boundaries, right? Because this is very important. If someone treats you in that facet, you have the right to say that you have crossed an emotional boundary. And if you want access to me, that, it, that behavior is not acceptable. And if it continues, you will no longer have access to me. And I think oh, that yeah. that's perfectly healthy to have. You're right. She did. She blocked them finally. But you know, this is a lot of family members and lifelong friends from childhood that she now had to block. So it was very traumatic, you know, but talk about how the only way to man, you know, to maintain her higher level of vibration was to not give them access exactly like you said, Roxanne. And also to understand that when we release and we relinquish our power and we allow someone else to hold our power, we have just disempowered ourselves. So it's important that we hold on to our power, that we don't allow somebody else to have power over us. That is power over judgment, power over how they think we should be living our life, who we should be in this lifetime. Those are all ways that we are giving our power away. And it's important as we're embarking on this self and this soul mastery journey that we are always in control of our power and that we have emotional regulation and that nobody in an external side of things should be able to affect your internal emotional regulation. If they are, you still have a lot of healing to do. There's still a lot of trauma. There's a lot of conditioned beliefs that that need to kind of go to the wayside. There needs to be a reconstruction of your core belief system and to really build something on something really, you know, tangible and a very, very great foundation. Good point. And it's completely possible. So I think what you're saying can give people some hope for when they feel attacked or burdened, you know, whatever is going on in their life, that they can always connect to the oneness of the universe to lift themselves up and strengthen their own power. Mm -hmm. And when we internalize things that other people are, you know, saying about us or saying to us at the end of the day, it really shouldn't matter what anybody else says or thinks or feels about us, What should matter is how we think and feel and how we see ourselves. That is the most important piece. We have to stop caring about external validation, we have to really be focusing on our own internal validation and ourselves from within. That's a great point, but that's not how things are set up right now because with everybody, pardon? That's why we have to break that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Because with all the heavy focus on social media and people struggling and striving to be influencers and all this stuff and everybody putting everything they do up on social media, which, you know, I don't mean to sound judgmental about it. Everybody has their own way. That is the pattern right now. And then if you do anything like one of my girlfriends put up on one of the platforms, she posted that there was going to be a rally for the abortion issue. So she didn't She didn't say anything else, but the rally is here. And she showed the place. If anybody's interested, she experienced a complete and terrible barrage of hate for all the people who disagree with that. And they just piled on. She was shocked and appalled. And she was like, geez, I just put a notice up that this was available if anybody wanted to go. She didn't didn't make any of her own political statement, except that she was obviously supportive if she was trying to spread the word. And she was 
really impacted and pretty much horrified that that was the response that she got on an open platform. And I don't know, I, I felt really bad for her about that. You know, and I think that when we add to the narrative, it's just like what we were kind of speaking to about a little bit earlier is that there is the law of cause and effect. Just because we have a belief system doesn't mean that we necessarily, especially when it's so controversial, when we when we add an element like that onto social media, or we add something, even though it's just something very small and minute because there's so much sensitivity around it, this becomes very challenging. If we're not looking to have that disruption in our life, like it's almost best to just not play a role. If you're going to be active in something, then just do it. It doesn't have to be public information. Like that's mm. something that can be done privately, right? Yeah. Like, so when I'm staying true to what I believe, fighting for freedom and all those things, I don't post anything about it. I just do something about it in my own little world. Like I don't feel the need to broadcast that. And when we do, then we open ourselves up to other people's criticisms. We open ourselves up to other people's comments. And it's not to say that they should be judging one another. Absolutely not. But that is what's going to transpire. Yeah, I don't think we need to be quiet about it, but you don't need to go on a public stance where not everybody has the same value system or belief system. You can create right. a group that everybody has the same belief system. And then, you know, I think there's ways to do it. Like you're going to have that controversy and it's not to say that polarity is wrong, but you have to be open and accepting to receiving those comments if you're going to put it on a platform like that. Yeah. All right. Very good point. Well, we really went from celestial to down and dirty. <laughs> I like to make it real. And that is a place where you really are bringing together the worlds. You're bringing your celestial perspective and energy to the real world issues that we all deal with every day. And that's what makes you such a beautiful soul. And that's what makes your work so important because we need that upliftment and we need that higher perspective. So that's wonderful. Is there anything else uh, that you want to share with the listeners? My words that I would leave everyone with is that we really need to start listening to our guiding voice, our instinctual senses, our intuitiveness. And we need to kind of silence the noise. We need to silence the chaos and really understand what that means. Are we living a life that is unfulfilled? Is there things in our life that, you know, that we need to change? Do we need to pivot? Do we need to look at a different venture? Maybe we need new relationships, new friendships within our dynamic. And all those things are healthy and all those things are we're intended to be thankful for all these incredible things that transpire throughout this human experience, right? And just to really love yourself and to know who you are and know that you have an incredibleness within you. That was a wonderful way to wrap up. Roxanne, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate your words of wisdom greatly. Oh, thank you, Ronnie. It was such an honor to be here today. This is Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, thanking you for listening today. If you'd like cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, a psychic, intuitive, or card reading, or to learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading, please visit nevertolate.biz. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe and share it with someone that you love. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Ronnie and Ryan hoping you make the most of the love and magic that always surrounds you. Thank you.